Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so very much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part two of the series entitled Peace with God. Today's message is subtitled, It's Not Popular. And you know, it's not popular to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. But I tell you what, it has tremendous benefits. So I want you to hear this message entitled, It's Not Popular. I believe it's really going to bless you. Don't forget to go to our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and the entire series and a whole lot more, and it's absolutely free of charge. Or you can download the Kingdom Rock app, which is available on the App Store. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message that is entitled, It's Not Popular, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. We thank God for all of you today. We're going, we're going to a part two of that message, but before we do that, we're going to pray. Are you ready? Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this day and for the awesome things that you have already done and for what you are doing. We acknowledge the presence of your Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. You're the one who leads us into all truth and shows us things to come. We are dependent upon you, hopelessly dependent upon you. We are desperate Desperate to hear your voice, desperate for your word, desperate to touch you, desperate to hold you, desperate to experience your presence. Feed us, Father, as your children. Feed us. We are the body of Christ. We're the ones who have been engrafted in. We're the ones that you have adopted into your family. We are your children. So we cry out, Abba, Father, feed us. Feed us. You know what every one of us needs to hear. Feed us. Lord, we cry out for your anointing. The anointing that breaks yokes. The anointing that that uh, opens the blinded eyes, that, uh, that opens deaf ears, that heals, the, that heals the sick. We need your anointing. We need you to change our minds, change the way we think, change the way we live. Help us to be like Jesus. It's impossible to do that without you. We need you. Lord, we take authority now over any satanic or demonic power, over anything that would hinder or that would hinder or disrupt your word from coming forth today to your people. Lord, we bind it and cast it out right now in the name of Jesus, and we welcome your perfect and divine will in this service today. Now, Father, we ask at this moment that you would speak to us. Help us to commune with you. And open up our hearts that we may receive what you are saying. We love you today. And Lord, we confess our sins. You said if we confess our sins that you'd be faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you that we are washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We are made right through the blood of Jesus. Speak to us today, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, once again, I just want to just say thank you for all of you for uh, coming today and, and really just being a part of this thing that God is doing in the midst of us. I'm excited to just be a part of what God is doing. I'm excited. Amen. All right. Well, as we get started uh, today, we're going into a part two of the series entitled Peace with God. We're going to subtitle this uh, today, subtitle it, It's Not Popular. It's Not Popular. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, It's Not Popular. It's Not Popular. It's Not Popular. We're going to make it our, we're going to do our best to uh, move the slides along so that you can see some things on the screen there uh, behind me. I want to show you uh, two pictures uh, that I want you, that will help bring out the flavor of what we're saying today. So if you help me out in media ministry, there we go. Thank you very much. I'll be rolling now. Uh, This first slide I want you to see, and you see it very well. It says this, 
What is popular is not always right. And what is right is not always is not always popular. Jesus has called you has called us Christians, his followers to be a counter culture. And if you go along with the culture, you'll find out that what many of them are saying is not true. We're called to be followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Hallelujah. So I pray that not only today, but next week, the Lord willing, as we continue in this, uh, that you'll have a deeper appreciation uh, for that. So again, what is popular is not always right. And what is right is not always popular. I knew a man, of course, I will call no names, praise the Lord. And this man, this particular individual uh, was a leader of a church body. And uh, this man thought it okay uh, to live in a gray area. I have to remind people that Jesus gave us grace, not gray. He had one of those uh, Kindle fire sticks, Amazon fire stick things. And said, here, why don't you uh, get this? You can get all the movies. We, we hacked into it. What say, man? We hacked into it, and now we can get all these channels absolutely free of charge. We hacked into it. We broke into it. Now you can get all these things, no charge whatsoever. And you think that is right? There's another particular person who had the movie The Passion of the Christ and began to sell bootleg copies. Some of you may not understand bootleg, meaning they made illegal copies. They began to illegally copy and distribute those items. That's not of God. It's popular, but is it right? Oh, oh, you're sharpshooter today, Holy Ghost. People mighty quiet. Let's go on. Hallelujah. Now, there are, there are two paths in life that you can take. There's a narrow path and there's a broad path. Let's look now at um, Matthew. I'm going to read this to you out of the voice. Matthew 7, verses 14 through, uh, verses 13 through 14. Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14. You can make a note of this, but I will read this to you out of the voice translation. You can see that on the screen uh, behind me. Uh, where is Eric? Okay, Eric, are you on the camera stand? James, turn that TV off for me, please. I don't want to be distracted by that. All right. That's a monitor in the back of the room for those of you who are watching and listening at this time. All right, it says this. Uh, Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14 says this out of the voice translation. There are two paths before you. Hear the word of the Lord. There are two paths before you. You may take only one path. One doorway is narrow. The one door is wide and the and the one door is wide go through the narrow door just in case you want to know which one to go through go through the narrow door for the wide door leads to a wide path and the wide path is broad the wide broad path is easy and the wide broad easy path has many many people on it but the wide, broad, easy, crowded path leads to death. Verse 14. Now then that narrow door leads to a narrow road that in turn leads to life. It is hard to find that road. It is hard to find that road. Not many people manage it. I like the way King James Bible says it too. Few there be that find it. Few there be that finds this narrow road. Now, let me tell you, it's impossible to live this life for Jesus without Jesus. Man's attempt is to try to be good without God. But the Bible declares plainly that it is God that is good. God is good. So how is it possible to live a good life without God? It is not possible. 
The only thing that we can do as a part of the human race is to do things that are good in our own sight. But our sight has been skewed. Are you hearing? So today we're going to make sure that we're aligning our lives up uh, with Jesus Christ. It is my job. Now turn with me in your Bible to the book of uh, um, Luke, the 14th chapter. It's my job to make sure, to do my best, to make sure that when you stand before Jesus, that you can stand before him in peace. When you stand before God Almighty, and all make no mistake, we will all give an account to him. But there is a way, friends, there's a way, brothers and sisters, praise God. There's a way for us to stand before a holy God in peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a way that God has given us when we look in his face. You think about terror. Oh, you haven't experienced terror yet. You haven't experienced, experienced terror. No, Jason, Freddy Krueger, uh, whoever else is out there, the baby that spins the head around and green stuff going out of the mouth or whatever, stuff crawling on the wall. No, you haven't experienced terror. The devil has nothing on God. There's nothing in the power of darkness that can compare to the terror of standing before the creator and ultimate power of all things. And he says, depart from me. You've never been rejected until God says, get out of my face. Depart from me, ye work of iniquity. I never knew you. That's terror. So again, it's my job as pastor. It is my role as pastor of this fold to do my best hearing from the Holy Spirit. To give you the word of God so that when you stand before him, either by rapture, any minute, Lord, come on, ready, ready. Or something, God forbid, happen and we're taken out early. When you stand before the Lord, there's a way for you to stand in peace, regardless of your age. There's a way for you to stand in peace, and that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to be his disciple. We've got to be his follower. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a little bit of reading. Uh, Luke 14, verses 25 through 35. It's not popular. It's not popular. But we've got to travel that narrow road. The wide road, that's the popular road. But the narrow road, narrow road is not popular. That's the road you're going to be misunderstood. They're not going to understand what, you, understand what you're doing. They're going to call you crazy. They're going to call you a fanatical. They can call you a Jesus freak. Hallelujah. But that's the road that leads to Jesus. Let's look. All right. Luke, the uh, 14th chapter, verse 25 through 35. We're going to read it and then come back and, and visit for a while. It says, and there, and there went great multitudes with him, talking about Jesus, great multitudes went with Jesus. And he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doeth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first? And counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it. Least happily, after he have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it began to mock him. Verse 30, saying, this man or this woman or child man, person, this man began to build and was not able to finish or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulted, consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador or an ambassador 
that desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, turn to your name and tell him, you. So likewise, whosoever he be of you, that forsake not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill, for the manure pile. We'll keep that right there. But men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. All right. Now let's go back up to verse 25. Oh, I'm ready to run. I'm so excited. I could do cartwheels, cartwheel Scott. I could do a cartwheel. Maybe I'll do it next time. Maybe Gene and I'll do it next time. We'll do a double Dutch thing. Uh, doubt it. All right, back up to verse 25. I want you to see, catch the flow of this. We're going to have a great time today. A great time today, Todd. We're going to have a great time today. I'm going to get to you. Hallelujah. You ready? All right. Verse 25 says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said to them. All right. Here's a clear case. Uh, here's a clear case that some were with him, but were, not, but were not really with him. Have you ever had people to be with you, but not really with you? So here's Jesus, the Christ. He's about to say some words that's about to thin out the herd, about to thin out the crowd. You got to love that. Most preachers today that I've known or have known would not say this to a congregation because we want everybody to stay. They don't want the truth to come forth to thin out the crowd. We want all the crowd in because, you know, we got to have another limousine. <laughs> but anyway, all praise Jesus. He's about to thin out the crowd. He knows what he's about to say is going to make some draw closer to him and, and others will be offended and walk away. But the truth must be revealed. The truth must come out. So he says to them, his eternal, now look at this, the disciples, I'm sure if it was like the modern day church, disciples are following Jesus. Hey, pastor, hey, pastor Jesus, we got a whole church full. Look at all these folks. Look at all these folks, pastor Jesus. Get up there and preach. Get up there and preach. Lord, he's going to, Peter, he's going to knock it down today. Woo, go Jesus, go Jesus, yeah. And Judas over there got the money pot, yeah. He got the offering plate. Yeah, go Jesus, preach the word. Jesus gets up to the pulpit and says, unless you hate your father, what's in verse number two, verse 26, if any man come to me, you want to be my disciple? You want to be my follower? You want what I got? Yeah, Lord, tell us, tell us, tell us. Uh-huh. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What in the world are you talking about, Jesus? What are you talking about? Now, first of all, let's look at this. He says the words, come to me. If you're going to come to me, that is, you, you are desiring to be a willing follower of Jesus Christ. You want to become a disciple. Nobody is making you do this. If you come to me, Jesus said, and the same thing today, if you come to me. So we can see here really that he's beginning to, to build a mindset in, and he really caps it off at the very end of this. But he said, if you come to me, there are requirements to life. He said, if you come to me and hate not, now the word hate not means uh, that you must love Jesus more in comparison. You must love him more in comparison. That is, you are willing to stand with Jesus at the expense of losing everything and everybody else. He said, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to be my child, you're going to, you're going to come home with me when it's all said and done, you're going to love me more than anybody else and anything else. 
Because what you love more than Jesus can take you away from Jesus. What relationship you value above him can take you from him. He uses the word hate here. That is to love. You have to love him more. That is love him more in comparison. Your love for him, your love for him is so great that all others pales in comparison. Are you, do we love Jesus that much? Do you love Jesus that much that you'd be willing to, if necessary, leave all behind, leave wife, leave husband, leave children, leave mother, father, leave friends, sister, brothers, leave them behind. If Jesus says, go this way, can you leave them? Do you love him more? He said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be my disciple, I must be first. He must have the preeminence of all things. Trying to get you to heaven. Are you hearing? He uses the word as well. If we don't do this, you cannot. The word cannot is translated from two words. Really? No and not. (laughs) No, not at any time. No, not at any moment. It cannot happen. It won't happen. If we don't come this way, we can't follow him. Are you hearing? All right. So listen, I'm not sure that many in the modern day church really understand this. Because many, or I would say most believe that uh, we can be followers of Jesus and his teaching as long as it does not disrupt our lives. As long as it doesn't cost me anything. Sure, Jesus, I'll follow you, but you got to stay out of my business now, okay? Sure, Jesus, I will follow you, but stay out of my pocketbook. Surely, Jesus, I will follow you, but stay out of my relationship. I will follow you, Jesus. Stay out of my private time, Jesus. You know it's me. I'll follow you, Jesus, just as long as it is comfortable for me. But when you, Jesus, begin to get in my way, hey, sorry, I'm going to have to skip out on this one. What are they saying? They love those things more than him. And by definition, Jesus said, they cannot be his disciple. You see, you understand that if we put things in proper priority, put Christ in proper priority in our lives, as I love Jesus more than my wife, and I dearly love my wife. She's been my armor bearer since the beginning. She comes up with this building and this building with me at 8 o'clock in the morning, helps me sweep the floors and helps me clean up. Praise the Lord. When I go away and nobody can come, she's right there with me. Hallelujah. Right there with me. Cheer me out. Go, baby. Go, baby. Preach. Preach, baby. Preach. She may not say that outwardly, but I can see it in her expression. I love my wife. But if I love her more than I do Jesus, I do her a disservice. Because if I love Jesus more, if I put him first in my life, then he gives me the grace that I need to love her. I receive of his love and I pour out his love to her. I give her his love, not my love, because human love is fickle. I remember my high school days, Brother Robbie, Brother Tristan. I'd have a girlfriend in homeroom, but before lunch, another, uh, it's over now. Sorry, yeah, that's not going to work out. When I was in high school, I'm telling you, Glass, when I was in high school, I could not understand why people stayed together so long. You were married how long? Ten years. Whoa, really? I could not under, Christy, I could not understand it. I, it just... It just blew my mind. How do people stay together so long? Don't they get tired of each other? That's how I thought. I'm sorry. (laughs) But Jesus delivered me. Praise the Lord. I could not understand it because I didn't understand love. I didn't understand love. 
And the type of love that my wife needs, that my children need, the type of love that you need as the congregation, I in myself cannot give you. Y'all need a lot of patience. Hallelujah. Need a lot of kindness, a lot of compassion, a lot of gentleness. These are what our families need. And that type of love is not in us. It has to come from God. Our love is fickle. This morning, I love you. Tonight, oh, I don't want to hear you. Please don't, oh, please don't look at me. Please don't look at me. Just don't look at me. Don't, don't even look over here. I don't even want to hear your voice. Anybody been there before? Not saying that I've ever been there before, of course. Of course, Gene, right? Of course. There have been people in your life that you have loved and you say you love and you didn't want to hear their voice. I can't get no talk in here. You're too afraid to admit it. Praise the Lord. Keep looking straight ahead. Those that you love don't need your love. They need the love of Christ. That love that is self-sacrificing. That love that always puts others first before him. You need the love of Christ. So when I put Jesus first, when I desire to love him more, I do a service to my family. I do a service to our church. I do a service to this community. I do a service when I love Jesus more than any. This is the only way to be a disciple of Christ. Because you cannot give something that you don't have. Hallelujah. So this is what I believe the modern day church, many in the modern day church don't understand. They'll serve Jesus only while it is comfortable. But they have not understood what it means to be a true disciple. Being a disciple of Christ can turn your whole life upside down. Are you willing to let the Lord have his way in your life? Are you willing to allow him to change the way you think Change the way you live. Change the way you feel. Are you hearing? So, what many will say, you know, a little sacrifice is good. They say, they'll even say it's good for the soul. Kim, they'll say it's good for the soul. But too much, you're going crazy. They say, you fanatical. What, you taking the words of Jesus seriously? What's that? That's a good little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't take it too seriously. Remember, the devil does not mind you coming to church. He, doesn't want, he does, just doesn't want the church to come into you. Are you hearing? Now, Jesus gives us some conditions here. He gives us five categories. We're going to look at these. Five categories that we are to place in proper perspective. This is a list of five categories that must never be placed before him. But again, I warn you, if you take these, take this verse or these verses seriously, some people won't like you anymore. Are you willing to lose some friends, quote unquote friends? Are you willing to lose some relationships? I've learned that those that are with you will be with you. I've learned that the truest friends are those that help me come to Jesus. Are those that help me know the Lord. If they're pulling me from Christ, it's not a true friend. Are you hearing? Now, if you're married and that's happening, you got to pray. Hallelujah. We'll go on that with that later. All right. The first thing he gives us, he says that you must hate or love less or love Jesus more in comparison. Father and mother. We're going to look at these. Father and mother. So this deals with who? Who's it talks to? Who is he talking to when he says that you must hate or love me more than father and mother? Who is he talking to? He's got to be talking to children. He's got to be talking to children. Now, all of us in this room, regardless of your age, has been a son and a daughter of parents before. 
If you have not, that means you're a test tube baby. Mom and daddy must have been involved in there somewhere. All right, he says, father and mother. He says, uh, uh, that is the family values and traditions. You must be willing to leave family values and traditions. Uh, these are earthly bonds that tie us to the generations. They are loved. But Jesus must be loved more. Can you leave your family traditions the way mom and daddy did it? The way our family, you know, our family was raised in this church and we bought the pew and and we're always supposed to be here. But Jesus says to you, it's time for you to go back down and go to another place. Lord, I can't leave. It's tradition. Are you willing to leave father and mother for the sake of Christ? Are you hearing? Next, he says wife or that is to say husband and wife. This is the most intimate relationship example given among the human race. The role of the husband and the wife. The most intimate relationship, it reflects that of Christ and the church, the book of Ephesians. This is where you will find the deepest love among the human race. The deepest love. He said, can you leave your deepest love for me? Will you love me more than your deepest love? Wow. And then he talks to parents because he says, you must love me more than your children. Now, for many people, I just cursed you out. Because I've known many ladies that say, "Uh uh-uh, wait past, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I put my children first in all things that I do. All righty, sister, I understand. But you're out of order. Because your love cannot replace the love of Jesus. And sooner or later, your love is going to fail them. And when they need you most, mama, daddy, you won't be there because you're giving them your love. I can't get no talking here. So he says that you must put him first, even in the, in regards to your own children. Parental bonds are the next strongest uh, connection among humans. On the whole, parents would gladly give their lives for their children. Gladly lay our lives down. Now that is a strong connection. Gladly, without even a fault. Bear comes in, lion comes in, some sort of predator comes in and it's coming at the child in the crib or it's coming at, you know, the child over on the other side of the room and you're standing there. You have an opportunity to jump in front, the, jump in front of it and give your life to save the child. I want, is any parent going to sit there and debate? Hmm, wait a second. Well, he has been pooping his diaper an awful lot this week. Uh, she hasn't cleaned a room like she should have. Hmm. Here's danger, imminent danger, claws and all that is coming at the child. I don't know any parent would sit there and take a vote. Oh, wait a second. Let me tweet it. Let me ask my friends on Facebook. Should I save my child or not? There's no debate. You see the snake coming in. There's no debate. You're going to spring into action. So parents toward a child, that's a relationship that is unconditional, unconditional love. The moment you set your eyes upon the child, unconditional, you say, I will love you no matter what. And I've known mothers and fathers who have children in jail that still go and they visit every week or as often as they can call and send money as often as they can and say, I know what my boy did, but that's my boy. That's my child. I've seen mothers go to courthouse and, and their child was up, their son was up uh, for murder, but she's sitting right there in the courtroom. That I know what he did but he's my son an unconditional love that we have for our children but still Jesus says you've got to love me more than that and then he brings it on down even further to the last category number five or rather no number four he said brother and sister brothers and sisters these are relationships that are 
that are joined by a common bond or a common goal. It could be joined by blood, of course, family or beliefs. Or and, that, and we know that even outside of the ties of a family, we say that uh, we would say, you know, he's my brother. She's my sister. You know, we are joined. You're you're like family to me. And you can have so close a relationship with people that they really are closer to you than your blood family. You say, you're more of a brother to me than so than my own brother is, than my own sister. Anybody ever had that before? You felt close to them. You're brothers. I like, I like what Scott says sometimes. He's my brother from another mother. <laughs> you know, we're brothers. We'll gladly do that. Brothers at arms at war, you know, grenade happens. They run and jump and they fall on it so that the other brothers would live. They're family. But Jesus says, you got to love me more than that. Then he goes down to the last one. You have to love him more than yourself. Love him more than yourself. The love of self trumps all other love. You have to love Jesus more than you love you. Jesus says, I want you to fast. But Lord, can I have a little bit to eat? Jesus said, I, I want you to go tell them, uh, tell them about me. But Lord, what about my reputation? Jesus said, I want you to give. But Lord, I won't be able to buy those shoes I want. We, are you willing to love him more than you love you? See, because if you cannot do those things that we just talked about, family relations and husband and wife relations and children relations and brother and sister relations and even yourself, if we cannot put Jesus ahead of all that, you cannot be his disciple. And this is the message that Jesus turns to the crowd, and this is what he's conveying to them. Some want to follow him for the fishes and loaves. Some want to follow him because Jesus is popular. You know, people are following Jesus. He's, they, their demons are casting, being casted out. He's healing people left and right. He's words, I mean, words of wisdom. He's an up-and-coming star preacher. He's popular. And some will follow you just because they want to get what you are getting. Some people will cling to you. They don't necessarily want you. They just want what you're getting. Some people, unfortunately, are like leeches or like abnormal growths. They take something from you, but when we look at you, we see this big old bulging thing out of the side of of your neck. You say, no, 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 it's okay. You know, they're just there. We love one another, but there's this big old hulking thing that's hanging off the side of your neck, and now you need a wheelbarrow to carry it down the street. We all see that this is killing you. This relationship is toxic. This job is toxic. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. They only hit me one time uh, this week. It's only okay. It's all right. We know it's toxic. You know it's toxic. You know it's killing you and now you have a wheelbarrow with this big thing attached to you and you know it's killing you, but you leave it. Cut it off. Burn it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you must love Jesus more than you love yourself. His will must come before your will. That's if you want to be his disciple. Is this hitting home today? Let's go ahead and drive it on home. Let's look at a couple of verses. Let's look at Luke 17, 33. This will help you help bring out the flavor of this, Erica. You ready? This will help bring out the flavor. Oh, this is some good, good steak here. Some good meaty stuff. You know, it's good when you don't even need a one sauce. And I like me some A1 sauce. Mm-hmm. Maybe even some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Luke 17, verse 33. I know I'm not the only one who likes some hot food up in here. Thank you, me and Todd. Okay, all right. Now we can see some okay. Break out the Pepto. We're going to be all right. Luke 17, verse 33, you with me? 
All right, it says, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall what? Lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall what? Shall preserve it. Look at John 12, 25. It says, those who love their life in this world, now that is out of the New Living Translation, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. I love that. Let's look at one more as we close out today. Let's go to John, John 6. John 6, and uh, there's a quite, a quite a bit that we can read here in John 6. Um, but we're not going to read it all. Just going to read about four verses here. John 6, verses 51 through 54, we'll do that. The Lord said here at another great meeting where everybody's around. Oh, now at this point, Jesus has more than 70 disciples. He's rolling, folks. Hallelujah. He's gone from 12. Now he's over 70 disciples, and there are lots of people he's respected in the community. He's hated by some and greatly loved by others. His ministry is rising. So there's another great crowd that is following him. So I can see the Lord standing up, and I can see uh, Matthew over there getting the organ ready. Preach it, Jesus! Preach it! Lucas saying, all right, get it, Lord. We got a big crowd today. Ha! And Judas got the offering container shaking it. What is Jesus going to say? Well, there's a big crowd again. I think he's going to thin them out a bit by telling them truth. Let's see what happens in verse 51. The Lord says some shocking things here. He says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews, therefore, strove against the, strove among themselves. In other words, they're questioning and like, what in the world? It's the saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said in verse 53, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Uh, what you say, Jesus? Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. You have no life in you. Uh, Jesus, come here. Come here. What you talking about, Jesus? He said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Verse 54, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Of course, Jesus was not talking about cannibalism, putting himself on the table, but he was saying that he was the sacrifice, the lamb of God that has come to take away the sins of the world. He's talking about buying in, fully buying in, fully giving yourself, fully committing yourself to him above all others. If you look further down, we're not going to get it today, but in John 6, 6, 6, you can make note of that. John 6, 6, 6, you find that after Jesus preached this message, the Bible says that Many of his disciples walked away from him and they walked no more with him. In John 6, 6, 6. Why? What did Jesus do? He simply told them what he was here to do. He gave them his word and they were offended. And many of his disciples walked away. And then he's left there with the 12. And one of the 12 is a devil. But he continued to preach the truth. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So today, now we can go further and we will go further on next time. No, let's go to one more. Yeah, let's go to Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verses 27 through 30. We'll, we'll stop here for the day. So the disciples understood this type of commitment so that they made, um, so that they the disciples understood that type of commitment, and this is why they made the following 
asked the following question and made the following statement. What Jesus is asking for you simply or commanding you to give is everything. Everything. And as you put God first in everything, he pours out everything else that you need for your life. Are you hearing? Let's look at Matthew 19, 27 through 30. The disciples understood this type of commitment, so they made the following statement, and they asked the following question. Verse 27 says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken what? All. They said to Jesus, into Jesus' face, by the way, we have forsaken all. And follow thee, because that's the only way you can follow him, by the way. We have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have, therefore? What's in it for us? Look how Jesus replied. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that uh, ye which have followed me in the generation when the Son of Man shall sit in uh, the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, that's for the twelve. But we also will sit in thrones as well. We'll be seated with Christ in heavenly places. God has made us kings and priests. Hallelujah. Look at verse 29 as it speaks to us. Let's try to read that together. Ready? Let's read. And everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an a hundredfold and, and shall inherit everlasting life. He expects you to forsake that for him. He expects it. He expects you to love him more than you do them. It is expected. If you do not, you cannot be his disciple. Are you hearing? And then he caps off and says, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. The word first here, it does refer to time and place, but it also refers to rank or level of importance. Those that are first, that is those that are really important, those that are really honorable, you may well be last. And the last, those that are less honorable, less important, they're going to be first. Are you hearing but of course, it also refers to time, also refers to time. Those that were first in the kingdom here earthly, you're going to be last to rise. But those who are still here in the earth, they'll be the first or what have you in the order of ascension. But what I want to say to you today, simply this, that we have to, and we haven't gotten into the most important condition. But we'll get to that next week if you stay with me today. Hallelujah. 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 You got to be willing. If you're not willing to lose friendships over Jesus, then what are you willing to lose? If you're not willing to lose a relationship because of Jesus, then what are you willing to lose? I guarantee you, when you stand before him, and you will stand for him, all flesh will stand before him. You'll be glad that you put him first. And I'm telling you, when you put him first, he said himself that you receive a, a hundredfold great blessings that you will need for them. Mothers, fathers, you will need his blessings for your children. Husbands, wives, you will need his blessings for your spouse. You'll need his blessings for them. When they are sick, You'll need his anointing, his power to pray over them. You'll need it. Put him first. Put him first. Put him first. You'll be glad you did. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. 
Lord, I do pray that your word was uh, fallen on good, fertile, rich ground. And Lord, that you are, I pray you give us grace to stand for you. Even when this whole world seems to be going down. We know it's not popular to stand for you. But Lord, we know that it is right to stand for you. Father, we ask that you give us grace to stand. When it's popular and when it's not Give us grace to stand, even when it hurts us to see someone we love walk away. Give us grace. Give us grace if it causes us to lose our job. Give us grace. Give us grace to make decisions that we'll have to make based on your word. And Father, we repent in Jesus' name. We repent for honoring others and honoring other things more than we have you. We thank you, Lord, that this does not mean that we have to sever our ties with mother and father, that we have to sever our ties with husband and wife, that we have to, it doesn't mean that we have to sever our ties with friends and relationships. It just means we have to put you above them. We have to put you above them. And listen to what you say above what they say and we can now love them with a greater love because we have put you first in our lives we repent lord for putting you second and many times putting you last we put you last lord we ask you to forgive us and wash us and cleanse us with your precious blood lord we repent of our wickedness We repent of our slowfulness, loving ourselves, loving sleep more than we have rising up early to seek your face. God, we repent. We repent, Father. We repent. Loving vindication more than loving you and just being humble and letting you handle the situation. Help us to love you more. We ask you, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit to help us to love you more than anything else. Take us by the hand, Father, and lift us up, we pray. Now, everybody, please stand in Jesus' name. If you're in this place today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, then come on now. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.